You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I got to say that was a very, very good game. Not a perfect game, and, and I could understand all the potential complaints. One of them being, dang it, there goes our draft pick and everything else, and we're still not going to get in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I get that. Uh, the other one being the sort of imperfections. Um, I think there was a brief period of what the heck is this play calling. Um the run game stalled out for, again, a brief period. You can call it about a quarter's worth. Um, Rodgers looked uh, a little off, uh, uh, slash miscommunications with wide receivers, how much you want to blame on the receivers compared to Rodgers. Some of them were obviously Rodgers, and you saw him kind of pat his own chest saying, you know, my bad, and some of them were a little bit more questionable. Um, yeah, the miscommunication to Watson with the hand signals, which is funny. Um, because obviously that was a big thing. And then, you know what? Uh, Let me just interject there because whatever the narrative is about the hand signals, the the thing that I took away from that that I really appreciated, Rodgers really wants to give the ball to Watson for a touchdown. He really, really, really tried. He tried twice. Once Jalen Ramsey cheated, and that it, it could not be any more blatant to me. Not only could you see him pulling his jersey the entire time, so much so that Watson was not able to get up to speed. And whenever you see a defender kind of slingshot, you know, he's behind him and then he kind of catches up, which he would never be able to do with Watson in a foot, foot race to begin with. You know that he's he's not just like kind of tugging and slowing a little bit. He's pulling enough to pull him back and, and Ramsey forward. Beyond that was a blatant trip. And I saw somebody say, well, yeah, their legs got tangled or whatever. If you go back and watch it, and I have a, a, a I, you know, saw the video and I kind of slowed it down frame by frame. And you can see the moment when he's no longer running and actually jumps in the air and kicks his left leg over the thigh of Christian Watson. I mean, he's in the air, both feet off the ground with one leg wrapped around Christian Watson's thigh. Nobody runs like that. This was a very deliberate, I'm going to trip him up and hope that it gets called. You know, you know, if you want to call him a great corner, fine. He has learned, mastered the art of, of cheating, but, yeah, I mean, there's no question in my mind. And then, then, then we got down to it. It's the, it's the final play, the final attempt to really, well, second to last uh, attempt to get Christian Watson that touchdown. And um, he tried, you know, he gave him the hands. He looked right at Christian. He's like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the play to get you a touchdown. And, and I'm guessing Christian was looking. He must have made, I didn't see, but Rodgers would have not moved forward unless Watson was looking at him. But obviously he misunderstood what that play was. And, um, but anyways, again, that, that very obviously he's trying to get the young man another touchdown so that he could continue that streak. And I, I just appreciate that. I shouldn't, I should sit here and say that's stupid. You shouldn't focus on getting guys touchdowns. You should focus on running the best play to da, 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 da. But at this point, I appreciate it. <laughs> I do. Maybe, maybe if it was like, he's trying to force feed Mercedes Lewis or Randall Cobb, cause he's his friend, it would annoy me, but because it's Watson and we all like Watson, and I'm biased, and I'll just let it slide, I guess. I don't know. But also, I mean, th- there's no doubt the guy is probably your best option down there anyways. As tall and as fast as he is, uh, I could understand maybe, maybe that's not the motivation, and Rogers is like, what's the best way to get a touchdown? Oh, I know I'll go this way, but I think he's trying. But anyways, there, there were... I saw, I think it was Bukowski on Twitter made a point that this is sort of the, the game that we all wanted to see all year and thought that we'd see. You'd get a little bit of contribution from the rookies. You would get the offense leaning heavily on the running backs in both the run and pass game. The defense would be mostly stout. And I don't think he said it, but special teams would also be improved. And I think that's fair, but only to a degree. Because we all thought all of these facets would also be a lot better. So with the exception of special teams, if you improve the quality slightly, I think this was maybe the most complete game and yes it does kind of reflect what more what we thought that this would be you know the rookies wouldn't quite be where they need to be so you lean heavily on AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones 
you'd see some really good play from the defense. You know, up front, we saw Preston kind of reemerge. Um, we saw Devontae Wyatt kind of really hit the stage. I mean, he's had some good grades in the past and his very limited opportunities, but this is the first time, maybe like secondish time, but in terms of his flashes, this is probably the biggest. You know, there was the one game where he chased guys down from behind, which was pretty impressive, but mostly just for me <laughs> to see a guy run like that. And plus you see the all 22 to see where he came from and it's ridiculous. But to have those back-to-back plays, I was losing it, man. I'm so excited for Wyatt, and I hope he starts getting like at least double-digit snaps and not just, hey, let's throw him in in the fourth quarter. But it did. It, it felt like the most complete game. And you say, well, it's the Rams and they suck. No, I, I, I get it. I'm telling you the quality isn't what we needed. The quality wasn't good enough. This team doesn't beat probably any team. I mean, playing that way, I don't think we beat any of the top teams unless we play it better you know the the offensive line collapsed for that that about quarter where Rodgers is suddenly constantly under duress and we can't run the ball anymore that's not good uh, wide receivers running the wrong routes receivers and Rodgers not on the same page Rodgers throwing picks and again you can kind of blame that on Lazard but I don't know I mean it's I think generally speaking Lazard did the right thing and even though you know Rodgers the, the way Lazard explained it was Based on my body language, it seemed as though I was selling that I was just going to keep running. So Rodgers threw it where I was running. And as soon as he threw it is when I started to throttle down. I think generally what we see Rodgers do, and I think it's the right thing to do, is Rodgers puts the ball where it needs to be. And it's up to the receiver to also decide to make the right decision. Rather than, you know, there's the open spot that Lazard should be sitting in, but he's running right into that safety. So I'm going to, and, and why throw it to Lazard anyways if he's running into a safety? I mean, the ball could still be picked if you're throwing it at a safety, because if Lazard keeps running, the safety comes back to the ball. It could still be picked. It's very unlikely to be completed. And if it is, best case scenario, Lazard gets absolutely laid out in a 50-50 situation. Throw the ball where you're supposed to throw it and trust that Lazard is going to do the right thing. And if they don't, then you can do what you always do, which is just curse them out for the next 10 minutes. But yeah, that that is my overarching summary. This This was... It's, it's so hard to say because I, I, on one hand, I want to say this is one of our best games because it was one of the most complete in terms of four quarters, in terms of offense, defense, special teams. I mean, it really was. I mean, we didn't capitalize and we made a couple mistakes, but from quarter one to quarter four, the offense kind of just looked good. I mean, there were a couple mishaps here and there, and you know, if you, if you could tighten that up, and, and they scored plenty of points. They really did. You know, one more touchdown here or there. And, um, you know, I think the first two drives, again, if Jalen Ramsey gets called for a penalty like he was supposed to on the first drive, if Aaron Rodgers and, and Lazard don't have that miscommunication that leads to a pick, I mean, the offense was rumbling those first couple drives that led to three points. Should have been, I mean, should have, could have been 14. Let's, let's split the difference and call it 10. Um, and the defense, again, there were, there were a couple mishaps. You know, there were a couple big plays that got away from them, but, you know, they tightened up. You got the interception. I thought the pass rush looked good. Yes, I know it's the Rams, but again, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. Bad teams can play poorly. And again, the fact that they even the announcers had even made a point that uh, this was the the essentially the biggest beating of the entire week, and it was 12 points. Just really is a, a reflection of how the year is going. You know, somebody in my stream yesterday, I did a five-hour live stream. I was supposed to do it even longer um, with Clayton afterwards. And he's like, I'm going to run to the hotel and we'll do a quick thing. And it's like, man, I, I got to put the kids to bed. It's going on 10 o'clock. I'm completely whipped. Plus, I don't know how to fill more time with the uh, 30 viewers that we had for, uh, you know, 15 minutes for him to get back. And then, you know, say everything all over again. I was like, you know what, man? Plus, I figured for his sake, too, like, just go enjoy your night. Anyways, I want to get to a couple of the uh, interviews that took place. Uh, we'll start with Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conference. Anyways, I want to start at the beginning of this. Um, question was asked about Aaron Rodgers and how he feels about things going forward or whatever. Uh, but I thought this was actually kind of an interesting answer because of, well, I'll let you know why. What's changed, Aaron, in the belief part of it, maybe that, you know, three weeks ago or whatever it was? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just he win a game. It, Vibes are pretty good, and uh, we've just been practicing a little bit better. Energy's been a little bit better. And it's hard to put it, uh, your finger on it. Um, but we played a couple teams we should have beat. So 
that being said, it's still tough to win in the league. And I've, I said it earlier, I think we can beat anybody. We can also lose to anybody. Um, but when you win a couple in a row, it starts giving you some confidence. Now we're playing against some better football teams down the stretch that, uh, that we can go to Miami and win. The interesting thing, and sorry it's so quiet. I don't know why. I got everything cranked all the way up. It's as loud as I can possibly make it. Computer's all the way up. The uh, little thing, Twitter's all the way up. I don't know. Um, but the, the interesting part of that to me was the part where he said we could beat anybody, but we could also lose to anybody. And I think that's true. You know who else that's true of? The Vikings. It really is. I think the Vikings have the ability to just completely collapse and lose to anybody, realistically. But they also have the firepower to beat anybody, as they did. They beat the the Buffalo Bills. Two weeks later, they beat the New England Patriots. Like They've, they've beaten good teams. It really just kind of comes down to how it's all unfolded. And I really think it comes down to belief. The Vikings, you see them... You know, it, it, maybe not the entire team, but you got the Justin Jefferson and, and, and Cousins thing, but you've also got a team that just doesn't quit and doesn't, uh, they play all four quarters and it ends up working in their benefit to actually get over the hump in a lot of these one score games, which I think they're undefeated in. What are they like 10 and 0 now in one score games? The Packers, they lack the belief. They have the ability. They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. The problem is the Packers give up. And it's hard to overcome a deficit or to even hold on to a lead at times when you just kind of go eh, all the way through it. But it, it's just, it is staggering to me um, how similar I think the Packers and Vikings are. It's just, it's, it's falling differently. The Packers are losing and the Vikings are winning. But head to head, and, and you know, again, you can look at Vegas, it's going to be a pretty close game, especially if the Packers, you know, continue to win and the Vikings continue to trip over themselves. Because, again, from a Vegas standpoint, that Colts game did not look favorably on the Vikings. Everyone's obsessed with the, the greatest comeback in NFL history, but they didn't cover the spread. The, Vegas picked the Lions and, and, and told us the Lions are better than the Vikings, and they were proven right. Then they gave them a garbage line of only three and a half points, and they couldn't meet that. They couldn't beat them by four because they went down 33 to nothing to start the game. So, again, in the eyes of Vegas, that continues to go down. On the other hand, the Packers had a seven-point. They gave the, the Packers seven points over the Rams. And I, I'm telling you right now, the Rams and the Colts, I don't think the Rams are that significantly worse than the Colts. And they give us a seven-point advantage. Both games are at home. It's not like, well, one team at home. No, they were both at home. And you know what? We covered it. Scored 12. So from the perspective of trajectory, Despite all the hype being in the in the Vikings camp, the Vikings underwhelmed again, and the Packers exceeded expectations. And I, and I think honestly, if we if if we kind of expand that out, it's true of a lot of teams, especially this year. I mean, there have been times when yes, any given Sunday is a thing, but I mean, the Chiefs were just seconds away from losing to the Texans. The Buffalo Bills have been kind of slipping. I don't know if they're the team that's going to slip up and lose to a bottom-tier team, but I don't really know, including the Eagles who almost lost to the Bears. And, you know, you just start to see, you know, when a star dies and there's, like, apparently this giant explosion that creates this black hole that just sucks everything into it. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but that's just what came to my mind when I was thinking about this because it just feels like there's this force that's sucking everything into the middle. Every, all these teams are just becoming one blob of just team. Every team that starts to get ahead, you get a week like this week where it's like, who's better, the Texans or the Chiefs? I don't know, man. It's pretty close. What are you talking about? It's pretty close. Eagles, Bears. You cannot get any bigger discrepancy from best to worst in the NFC and the AFC than Chiefs, Texans, Bears, Eagles. And it was close. It was down to the wire. So I'm not going to sit here and try to give you hope for a, a, a Super Bowl run. A lot of things have to go our way still um, outside of just winning the next three games. But as much as I can tell you confidently that we are not like a top three team or we're not heads and tails better than bad teams or average teams or good teams, I can confidently tell you that we're not significantly worse than any other team. I mean, from a talent level, things are great. 
And if people could just figure stuff out a little bit and play kind of similar to what we saw this week, I don't think we'll ever be heads and tails better than everybody, but so what? The Rams weren't heads and tails better than anyone last year. The Bengals weren't heads and tails better than anyone last year. The question is, are we on that tier? I think the answer is no, but we can be. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep feeling good. I mean, Dobbs came back, and I, th- I really think that was huge. I really do. I was worried about how much they would actually want to get him involved, what his role would be, and it's like he never left, man. He came in and was just bing, bang, boom, beautiful catches away from the body, lots of usage. They, they did exactly what I had said that he would do. He would be that middle-of-the-field guy. Christian stretches it out, and, and Dobbs works underneath. And then you got the running backs working at the line of scrimmage. I mean, we've got the three levels right now. Not to take away from Lazard or, or Cobb, who had a really big day also, who also work in that range, in that area of the field. But I think that's it, man. I think that's the future. And even if you want to count Aaron Jones out from the future, A.J. Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson, there's your three levels. And you can add to it. You can continue getting better, no, no doubt about it. You can add a tight end. You can add more running backs. You can, you can try to upgrade the offensive line. But I think we have what we need. We have that base minimum requirement to be a team that says, no matter what it is you're good at, no matter what it is you can take away, we have an answer. We've got not just deep threat ability, but speed. We've got power. We've got running backs that, you know, they, they, they can catch out of the backfield. They're agile. They're fast. They're strong. I mean, we, we check every box. The only thing we don't really have is a tight end threat, but they're ready to go. And the, and the defense, you know, the, there's some struggles there, but I, I think I, I might, it's hard to even say. I was going to say one of maybe my favorite thing of the night, but there's too many favorite things from last night. There really was. I mean, the, the defense played with fire. I'll take all the mistakes. I'll take, you know, Razul and that stupid lateral or the, the big chunk plays in, in, you know, or the touchdown we gave up where nobody was standing there. And I think we had, somebody had pointed out it was Razul Douglas standing basically with his back against the end zone, uh, against the uh, field goal post. Like he's Baloo in Jungle Book or whatever that bear's name is, just scratching his back on it. Why would you be standing back there? What are we doing here? I'll take that because at the end of the day, despite the mental mistakes, it looked like they were playing with their hair on fire. Quay Walker was a man possessed. Devontae Wyatt played out of his mind for the limited time he was in there. Kingsley and Igbari, maybe it's all rookies. I don't know. And, and I love, that's another thing I love about the rookie class. They're coming in and they're just taking over the freaking team. You want to sit here and pout? Go ahead. You go ahead and pout. We got, we got games to win. It's, it's like the rookies came in and took over and are like, you guys going to keep up or what? Lazard can't keep up with, with Dobbs, right? Randall can't keep up with Watson. Yash Nyman can't keep up with Zach Tom. Preston Smith had a great day, but he's struggling to keep up with King, Kingsley and Igbari. At this point, um, Kenny Clark is having a hard time keeping up with Devontae Wyatt. Devondre Campbell can't keep up with Quay. The rookies are taking over. Get out of my way. I got stuff to do. I'm so tired of this. We never did. Okay, cool. Anyways, I got, I, I, I got work to do, man. You going to help me win some football games or what? I freaking love this draft class. But, but the defense, I, I really didn't enjoy it, man. I like the, I mean, Kenny got off to a hot start. He kind of disappeared at the end, but he was, he was killing it. I saw um, the tackling looked a lot better. Jaron Reed, you know, a guy, he was, you know, the only guy there and he gets his arms around him and he's just going straight down to the ground. People played fast. They played physical. They looked like they wanted it. And that's all, that's all I'm asking. I get that the scheme might be crap and I get that you guys still don't understand how to operate in the scheme and things are just not working. Whatever, dude, just play fast and play physical. That's it. And don't get down. Don't start pouting. Just attack. Just go freaking crazy. But again, as much as that got me excited, how much does Quay get you excited? What was that performance? That, that tackle in the backfield, I have been begging for that all year. At first I thought, well, maybe it was a design blitz. It was not. It looked like it was at first where he started charging toward the hole, and then he kind of hesitated, and then he ran and charged through it and tackled him in the backfield. He hasn't done that all year. But he has the ability. And again, you... you, you, you be a Joe Barry defender, and you're like, well, you got to understand, you know, if you're too aggressive, then they can beat you with this and beat you with that. Fair enough, I get it. But you can't watch that play and tell me that doesn't make a difference to what kind of a defense you have. You want to be a defense that sits back and hesitates because maybe they're going to run a fake or maybe they're going to do this? Fine. But you're, gonna, you're, you're just going to bleed out. I feel like defensive coordinators sometimes, they're willing to accept a team bleeding out all the way down the field and giving up points so long as it means we don't get gashed on that big play or, or, or are not fundamentally sound. You know what? 
cut Quay loose. Cut Devontae Wyatt loose. Well, Devontae Wyatt doesn't doesn't quite fully understand the way Dean does. Yeah, and Dean can't move like Wyatt can. I don't even know if our linebackers can move like Devontae Wyatt can. Just told the anecdote before, but the funniest, funniest thing with this whole Devontae Wyatt thing, and it's when it when I really lost it. I again I was a huge Wyatt guy in the draft. So I, I want him to become a thing so bad because I know what he can be. But the thing that really and, and it was it was Wyatt's thing. They asked him, like, did did you know how fast you were or whatever? Like, when was the moment that you realized that you were kind of a freak? And he said, Well, it was it was actually during the uh the combine thing where they, they have you come in and work out and prepare for the combine. And they said I was too fast and needed to go work out with the linebackers. So, so they made Wyatt go work out with the linebackers because he was too fast to be with the defensive tackles. Is that insane or what? He is one of the most athletically gifted defensive linemen ever. The only reason he wasn't praised even more is because the only guy that was freakier is uh, the guy from his own team in the same draft class who went a couple picks before him. He's not he's not as fast, but you know, pound for pound, more athletic than Wyatt is. Switch it over. Anyways, I'm gonna switch this over to YouTube so that it's a little bit louder. Continuing on with the Aaron Rodgers uh, press conference, I really like this because. You know, obviously we're all disappointed Watson didn't have more, um, I guess, opportunities or whatever. But uh, the question was, the Rams were in a lot of too, too high shell or whatever, too, too deep safeties. Um, is that just who they are or did that have something to do with Christian Watson? Here is Aaron Rodgers' answer. I think Watson definitely had something to do with it. You know, they put Jalen on him for a decent part of it, but uh, it wasn't like he was singled up. There was a lot of two shell, um, surprising <clears throat> You know, not a lot of pressure at all. You know, even on the last drive on hit Romeo for the big gain. You know, it's just uh, surprising coverage. You know, pre-snap, uh, Nick was was down, and I thought he was going to kind of hang in the middle, be an extra uh, box player. And at the snap, he just jetted to the half, and <laughs> you know, Romeo's ten yards open. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a lot of soft coverage. It was basically you know, quick game and uh, run the football. So again, I mean, you can do what you want with that information, but Rodgers even said, because they are a, a zone team, they are kind of, you know, that's their whole thing, but even Rodgers said in preparation for them, this is not usual, this style of coverage for them, to be this soft, to be that much two-shell, um, to having guys vacate the middle of the field and just beeline it to try to take, I mean, it it seems to me, and that was the big question, are they going to do things to take away Christian Watson? And, and I had even mentioned this, I think, in in the other yesterday's podcast or whatever, you know, the question of taking away Christian Watson. And I said, well, they're not going to man up Watson with uh, Jalen. That's just not how they play. But what they will do is change their scheme to try to take away Christian Watson. And it sounds like that's exactly what they did. And the good news is when you do that, you need to be able to attack in other ways, i.e. run the ball and attack the middle of the field, and that's exactly what they did. Christian Watson is not just a deep threat in terms of his ability to catch a 40-yard pass. He also can stretch you out vertically. I got it right today. Um, And if you got guys bailing just to make sure that you take away the deep parts of the field, and you got a guy like uh, Romeo Dobbs coming up, and just cleaning up. And and again, Randall, too, had a, a pretty big day just catching those passes, you know, 10 yards down the field or whatever. And that's and that's the point. You, you need to have, and this is what the Packers have always had, a pick-your-poison offense. And, and the sad thing is this, this is one of the better, true, well-rounded pick-your-poison offenses. Um, it, it would be great if we still had Devontae, but this is one of the more lethal rushing attacks I've seen the, the Packers have. It's clearly the best deep threat that we've had. Um, no disrespect to Jordy Nelson. Jordy, I mean, Jordy might have been better just in terms of being a better receiver at this point, but just the the blinding speed, I don't think we've ever had anything like it. If we did have a Devontae in this offense, it, it would it would no question be the most lethal offense, just in terms of, you know, we've had Rodgers playing better and we've had better groups of wide receivers and all kinds of stuff, but just well-rounded um, at all the levels of the field. This is it, man. But that's the thing. I mean, you, 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 we want Christian Watson to just have great days every day. So we could say he's the greatest receiver, but that's not really it. We want to be able so that if they do decide we're taking Watson away, we can just switch gears and say it's going to be a Romeo day. It's going to be a run the ball and Romeo day. If they want to play close to the line of scrimmage and take the run away, we're going to throw it over their head. It'll be a Romeo and Watson day. 
We have an answer for everything that you want to do. And then it just comes down to us executing. And it starts with the offensive line blocking, always. If you can't do that, we can't win. We can't run, we can't throw. But as long as you have an offensive line and as long as you have a quarterback that can execute, um, everything else will take care of itself. Um, skipping the, the the next question, but essentially it's Rodgers is frustrated because he said they need to get 30 and they should have gotten 30. And they should have. They had numerous. I mean, they, they could have blown past 30. There's no doubt about it. The first two drives should have been touchdowns. The final drive should have been a touchdown. Um or at least could have very easily been. I mean, just just the way that they're playing. They're playing well. The, the, the Rams defense can't stop them, and they're just shooting themselves in the foot. But uh, he said he was happy with the win, but we should have had 30. But then there was uh, this, I don't know if the question's involved or not, but uh, did you want Watson to uh, to get a touchdown on that last drive there? How bad did you want uh, to see Christian Watson get in the end zone at the end there? I think we all did. I mean, he called a couple plays for him. Um, so yeah, we were trying to, trying to get him another touchdown. So again, um, kind of confirms what I was saying earlier on about it. Certainly seeming as though the plan was we need to get him a touchdown, right? It, that was designed just because we want him to get one. But I'll tell you what, um, it definitely behooves Christian to continue to work on those hand signals. I know it's an incredibly difficult thing. Um, to get it figured out. And I think Watson's done a pretty good job. We, we, and listen, we've seen this a couple times. This is now, I think, the second or third time we've seen it with Watson where there's a quick pass and he just doesn't get it. We saw Dobbs, same thing. I don't know what it is about that particular signal where, hey, I'm just going to go to you fast, that they're just not understanding as opposed to some of the other checks and adjustments. But um, look, he's now using hand signals specifically for you to not just get you open and throw you the ball, but get you touchdowns, you need to figure it out, man. <laughs> I mean, it it would be to your benefit to make sure that you do everything you can to get these signals figured out. But yeah, I mean, it, it again, this this was this was designed strictly for Rodgers went to the line. He said, "How can I get Christian a touchdown here?" And he saw the alignment. He looked at it and said, "All right, here's what we're gonna do." And I I, I don't know. I just appreciate that. If it was a playoff game or something, and uh, we we threw the game away for something like that, it'd be annoying, and, and that's an understatement. <laughs> annoying would be a massive understatement. Um, here is Rogers recounting the Alan Lazard thing, kind of similar to Lazard's take. Essentially, it's Lazard's fault, but also kind of a miscommunication, I guess, is kind of how they both seem to describe it. What happened on the uh, interception? The throw to Lazard. I don't know if he didn't quite see the ball. Maybe he was expecting me to stop him with the ball. I, I, I came out and, and uh, was trying to kind of put it on him, but I um, I guess, you know, he, he uh, thought I was going to stop him with it, so he stopped, and I thought he was going to maybe keep going. Was it supposed to be a screen to Christian, I take it? Basically, yeah. We'll throw in that last one, too, in terms of what was intended for uh, Christian Watson. So, I, I, again, um, you can't really put it 100% on either guy when it's a miscommunication. I think the best thing you can do is say what makes what what should have happened compared to what did happen. Um, Lazard and Rodgers are both largely leaning it toward Lazard making a mistake, including Lazard saying that. I'm I'm going to give Lazard a break here, and maybe maybe there's better ways to go about this, but if you run to an open part of the field and you stop in the open part of the field because you're in the open part of the field, I would say that's the right thing to do as opposed to continue running the route that you're running right into a safety. Now, again, maybe maybe because Lazar was talking about body language, maybe he should have um, made it clearer sooner that, hey, well, I'm going to gear down here. But my thinking is Rodgers should throw to the open. And we've seen him do it a thousand times. He throws to the open part of the field and it's a beautiful thing or the receiver doesn't stop and Rodgers gets mad at him and says, why didn't you throw it to the open part of the field, you idiot? So, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not in the meeting rooms. I don't know exactly how this is coached and, and what is all expected, but I just, I can't imagine any scenario in which you, you not only have the freedom, but the expectation of making good decisions and, and breaking off routes if, if it is required. I can't imagine a scenario in which the better option isn't to stop in the wide open part of the field, but instead to continue running right into the arms of the defense. I don't see a reason for it, but Whatever. You know, I mean, if we lost the game, it would be a bigger deal. Um, again, the, the issues continue with the, the miscommunications and uh, not exactly being on the same page with the quarterback, which is not great, you know, especially for Lazard and, and, and Cobb. 
not saying Cobb had issues, but those are the guys you expect to be on the same page. You know, if a rookie misses a hand signal or, or if he doesn't, if he gears down when he should have kept going or kept going when he should have geared down, okay, that's rookie stuff. But I'll, I'll say this. I think Lazard has officially played his way off the team. Um, I'm watching him get just killed as a blocker. I, I think, I'm, I, I honestly believe Christian Watson's a better blocker already than Lazard as a wide receiver. Um, I love watching Watson block. I think um, Dobbs and Watson both have clearly much more speed. Uh, Dobbs is already a better route runner. Uh, I don't know about Watson necessarily, but I don't know that Lazard is. Um, the lack of speed and explosion makes it hard to be a good route runner because even if you can come out of your break real nice, you better get the ball quick. You know, it's all timing with him because the DB is going to catch back up to you. I like Lazard, and I think he does some good things, and I think he's big and he's physical and he's strong and he he, he can you know get some some of those across the middle you know things and he's got a little bit of a mind meld with Rodgers, which is nice, but not enough so to justify we got to keep this guy around. And and ultimately, what he's doing is stealing snaps away. You know, I mean. Let's be honest. If, if you got two wide receivers, I think our best option right now, and, and granted, you're going to struggle a little bit in terms of communication, and Rodgers is going to be in a tough spot in terms of, you know, do I trust them to do the right thing here and break off their route, or do I have to throw it to that spot because they're not going to know what to do? That is that is an issue. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt your two best receivers right now are Dobbs and Watson. It's, it's, it's not even debatable. I mean, you can go to PFF grades and say Watson maybe isn't quite there or Dobbs isn't quite there. I don't even know exactly what it is. I'll look at that for tomorrow's episode. But th- there's just no doubt. The better middle of the field, route running, hand catching guy is, is Romeo Dobbs. And there is nobody that's more game breaking and more, and more important. The, the, the single biggest hit to this offense, I think, would be uh, Christian Watson going out or, or Rodgers, depending on how love can operate. But, I mean, I would have said Aaron Jones, but look at what A.J. Dillon's doing. I'm not going to say A.J. Dillon because I think Jones can, can handle a, a good workload and do a good job. I think losing Christian Watson will bring this offense to a screeching halt because we'll go back to what we were, a team that cannot stretch the field. So, um, yeah, very, very excited for the future. I really am. Worried, but, but excited, you know. Because the quarterback situation is the toughest because on one hand, you want to be short-sighted and just say, let's just bring Rodgers back. That way we can really make sure we um, don't regress, at least, at that position. I don't know that Love can't at least play up to this level or better, but we shouldn't regress if Rodgers comes back, especially if his thumb heals and everything else. Get get some surgery, get it repair, repaired, healed over the offseason, good to go. But at the same time, I want this Dobbs-Watson thing to be a 10-year thing. You know, I want them here until they're 32 years old before they head out the door just to be a, an incredible dynamic duo that that's, you know, and, and you, you, you can't have that as your focus if you're just focused on next year. In other words, I would like to see Love come in, and, 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 and if he's the guy, let's get that thing started. Let's get it revved up. If he's not the guy, we've got to find somebody else. I don't know, but I don't know. Again, there's, there's a short-sighted fan in me that just wants to, to see this work really well with Rodgers, but then there's the more, you know, big-picture side of me that's like we 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 got to figure out what is the next 10 years and and figure out how to maximize that as quickly as possible but regardless we're in a tough spot in a lot of places with the offensive line and Bakhtiari and what do you do with Jenkins and what do you do with all these different pieces that are a question mark and what do you do with Aaron Jones and what do you what about Razul and what about the defensive line like guys like Dean and and there's a billion questions that are that are I think uniquely difficult this year uh in terms of not just the complication per guy, but but the amount of of question marks that are uh, going to be tough for Gutekunst. But even through that, it, it is exciting. Because at the end of the day, your team's success is going to depend on your GM's ability to draft well. That is, that is always going to be the most important thing. You need to draft well, and then you need to find a coach that can put these guys in a position to to maximize the talent that you have. That's it, GM and coach. You got GM and coach, you're fine. What about quarterback? Well, who do you think finds a quarterback? GM. Who do you think builds them up and puts them in a position to succeed? It's the coach. Find the right guy, get them to succeed. And with a draft class like this, that, that just kind of really provides a boost to our team and its future. Anyways, this is a solid halfway point. Why don't we take a break right here? 
We'll come back and listen to the rest of this and see how far we get. We'll get into Matt LaFleur and whatever else, if we have time. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Next question, what is it you've seen in A.J. Dillon uh, that's been so magnificent or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's opportunities, it's his style. He's just a consistent player. I feel like he hasn't really had any lows this season. He's been solid for us throughout the season. Um, Jones, he was a little banged up tonight. Um, but I give him a lot of credit for fighting through it and, and went back out there after A.J. got uh, got dinged up. But uh, A.J. is a consistent player, so you know what you're going to get every single week from him. I like it because that's a different narrative than what we've been hearing and, and, and saying, and, and even from my perspective as well, we, we haven't seen the best from Dylan, but at the same time, again, he talked about opportunities, which seems to be a, a big theme this year. Guys reward you when you give them opportunities. AJ Dylan struggled back when he was getting four or five carries, right? Well, he hasn't had a big game. Well, duh. You know, he's only averaging 2.4 yards a carry. Well, yeah, because he doesn't have that 15 yard chunk mixed in. How do you think you get to five yards per carry? You run for five yards every single play? No, you got negative one, then you get two, then you get three, then you get 17. <laughs> that actually add up? 16? I think that was 21. Yeah, that's right at about five yards per carry. That's pretty good off the top of my head. You get 16. All right, there you go. Um, you know, Wyatt, we haven't really seen much from him. He's not getting opportunities. Christian Watson, he didn't explode until he got more opportunities. Dobbs got opportunities from day one, and he rewarded since day one. And I understand there's only so many opportunities to go around, but we need to do a better job of maximizing some of these opportunities. I mean, getting rid of Sammy Watkins, honestly, was was a great decision for that reason. Well, he's only getting nine reps. Well, that's nine that somebody else isn't getting. And now that we got Dobbs back, you know, Dobbs had his, um, well, I can look actually right now, but it seemed as though he had some of his opportunities taken away from him. Um, and if if Watkins was playing, he would have had even less opportunities. Yeah, believe it or not, he was on uh, passing plays um, tied for the least with Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes was the only guy that ran less routes than Romeo Dobbs. So, I mean, he he made a relatively big impact. My God, man, Romeo. I'm saving PFF for tomorrow, but the guy only ran 10 routes and was 5 for 5. I mean, let's talk opportunities here. Romeo Dobbs ran 10 routes, caught 5 passes for 55 yards. Alan Lazard ran 32 routes, caught 1 pass for 7 yards. I mean, I, 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 I don't know, man. We, we, just, we just have to do a better job of just acknowledging what it is. And, and the Packers don't like doing that. They really don't. And, and, and most teams probably are that way, right? Lazard understands the offense. He's our number one. He's this. He's that. You cannot justify giving Romeo 10 opportunities and Lazard 32. I mean, how, how, how negatively does that impact our offense? I mean, if we just extrapolate that out. Let's just give him three times that. We're talking 15 receptions for 150 yards. Lazard with 10 opportunities gets nothing. Romeo Dobbs is a better option than Alan Lazard. He just is. He's a better route runner. He's faster. I mean, and now you, even, you can't even really have the trust aspect because he's not in sync with Aaron Rodgers. 
He's got drops this year like he hasn't really had in the past. There's just nothing there. But again, more broadly, um, I had somebody comment, well, that was because he didn't play in a while or whatever, which I, I get that. And, and I even said that. Romeo might not play very much because he's, he's kind of whatever. But number one, you, you could have adjusted that. But it's not just Dobbs. It's also Lazard. It's also Watson. It's also Dylan, right? Why did it take so long for Watson to get so many snaps? Why is Lazard still getting so many snaps? Why was Dylan only getting five, six, seven opportunities in, in games? What about um, uh, Josiah DeGuara? How many times have we talked about how good he looks, but yet he gets no opportunities because we can't keep feeding it to Tunyon, who does nothing for this offense? It's, it's Amari. It took him how long to figure out to take him off a punt team? while still refusing to play him as a wide receiver. I mean, they, they obviously decided they didn't like him as a wide receiver a long time ago, but they refused to take him off as a punt and kick returner. Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, the writing's been on the wall for a long time, but they kept his snap counts up for a long time because, hey, we got to keep trying. I don't want to complain after a loss. I'm just saying that there's, there's been a lot of opportunities to make good decisions that they just have not been doing. I mean, the, the fans, and, and, you know, again, the fans react probably too quickly to things in general. But the team is clearly too slow. How long were people screaming to, to kick Elton Jenkins inside before they finally did it? How about Devontae Wyatt? He's not getting enough snaps and enough opportunities. How about Rudy Ford? The fans were screaming for Ford two weeks before they finally made a decision to put him in the fe- on the field. I think there's something to be said about being slow to make big decisions. But when you're, when you're a month or two behind the fans who are screaming at you basic, obvious things, I mean, you got guys that are rewarding you for opportunities and you're just not giving it to them. Um, and I listen by next week, I understand you want to ease Romeo in by next week, Devonte Wyatt needs to have significantly more snaps. And I'm talking double. He should be closer to 20 snaps, not nine. And Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson need to be the number one and number two guys, period. If Dobbs doesn't have 30 routes run like Christian and Lazard do every week, that's a problem. Lazard needs to have his role reduced Romeo needs to have his role expanded, period. And whether you want Romeo to have the most snaps or Christian, I understand it's, it's kind of a, they do different roles. I don't care which one is first and which one is second, but that should be the, the, the delineation. Even if they're kind of close, if you want to have Romeo Dobbs at uh, 32 routes and Christian Watson at 31 and then put Lazard at 25, fine. But that's where we're at. Randall Cobb ran 17. Cobb is a better uh, receiver right now than Lazard. Everybody is. That's left. I mean, even Ture. I mean, you know, again, I've been telling fans to kind of pump the brakes on Ture. We don't really know. You know, we'll see how it goes. You know, not so sure about the guy. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. It's hard to make a case that Lazard is significantly better than Ture, isn't it? Because it's hard to make a case that he's significantly better to, than just about anybody right now. And I, I, I hate to trash the guy. I like Lazard, but it, it's just, it's, I have to be honest. And it's just staring us all right in the face. Why does it take so long? There's just, I'm so tired of this comfort level thing. Well, we've got our three defensive tackles, and so why it takes a backseat. Really, you can't give them a snap until the fourth quarter because you can't rotate. Like, what, we don't rotate defensive tackles all of a sudden? Come on now. Don't be stupid. And again, I get that Romeo Dobbs was injured his first week back. I know. I was the one that said they would probably ease him back in this week. The, the point I'm making, first of all, is that 10 snaps is, is, is quite a reduction. It's still a decision the Packers made, and 10 snaps is a lot. Aaron Jones was injured, too. He went out with an injury. You know how many routes he ran? 20. The point is, it was a conscious decision, not just to reduce his snaps down from, you know, 32 down to 20, but to drop him all the way down to 10, and then to not adjust that up as he was producing at a really, really high level, which I guess you wouldn't if you were concerned about his injury. But the other thing is, I'm not aware of him having a significant injury at this point. I thought he was fully cleared. In fact, I thought he was pretty much ready to go last week. They decided to, or two weeks ago, before the bye, he almost played, and they decided to hold him out. And then he had two weeks to further recover. So I'm, I'm not really sure that he's significantly injured, and that's why he can't play. It's been a while since he's played, fine, but you can adjust that up. And you can also make the decision, consciously, that, you know what, Romeo's still a really good receiver. We're going to give him a lot of opportunities. And I thought we did. I could tell they were taking him off the field. I didn't realize they reduced it this much. Tied for the least amount of passing plays. Um, and second most routes run with Mercedes Lewis, but had the second most targets and was number one in receptions. <laughs> Anyways, again, I, I, I don't mean to complain. I am excited. And I, I'm excited that even the guys who aren't getting many opportunities like Wyatt 
Um, and again, Dobbs, I'm sure his snap counts are going to spike next week. It's not going to be an issue. Um, I, I'm just observing that I, I wish they were a little quicker. You know, I mean, they're doing the right. Amari got cut. I don't think he should have been cut. I think he should be a wide receiver. But the point is, it took him like a year and a half too long, but they got it. Sammy took him a little too long to reduce the snap counts, probably a little too long to cut him. But hey, they figured it out and we're, we're, we're rolling now. Wyatt probably taking a little bit too long and he's going to have some growing pains, but I'm, I'm sure his snap counts will go up at some point. Hopefully soon we're running out of, running out of daylight here. Um, you could even say Jordan Love, which maybe is a little bit unfair considering, hey, we're on a run. Speaking of, that's going to be the next question coming up. But, you know, there's a case to be made that maybe he should have been put in. Obviously, that's all going to sound stupid if we end up sneaking into the playoffs. But why don't we segue there? Here's Aaron Rodgers' thoughts on um, what needs to happen. Essentially, the question is what needs to happen for you guys to truly believe that you can do it. But here's his thoughts generally about uh, their ability to run the table. Well, it's three now. Correct. We've got two. Got two in the bag. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, before the Bears week, we knew we had a bye afterwards, and, and those of us who sometimes peek ahead knew that we had to win five and then have a lot of things go our way. So we won two, and just about everything we've needed to happen has gone our way. Just about, right? So... Things looking up. And he's right. I mean, you know, there was there was a point in time when the Packers had complete control over their destiny. That has come and gone. They no longer have control over their own destiny. Um now they understand that it's out of their control. The only thing they control is that they they have to win the next three games. And and it's true. We we've said they're one out of four. They're really two out of five. They needed to to go on a run after losing to uh to Philadelphia. Had to happen. And they did. They beat Chicago. They beat LA. They got three more to go. And otherwise, it's it's out of our control. But as he said, pretty much everything has gone our way. I think there's been a couple things that have kind of hurt the odds a little bit. I think uh, the Giants-Washington game, both of those games have kind of hurt us. The tie, and then uh, I forget who even won. But I think it was not who we necessarily wanted because I think our odds went down slightly. But uh, all you can do is control what's in front of you, and they're doing it. And uh, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, next, Rogers was asked about Romeo Dobbs and Christian. Did you like what you saw out of those two guys? Yeah, I mean, I liked, like I said, you know, Rome's, I think, is going to uh, bemoan a couple of those opportunities to maybe catch and run and get some more yards. But uh, I was happy to get him out there. He, he's a very crisp route runner. You know, they were asking me about the difference between Christian and, and Rome's this week. And uh, Rome's has always been a little bit more polished uh, of a route runner. Uh, Christian is just so explosive. Um, so I thought Matt did. And, and that's such a great comp. I mean, that's always been the thing coming in, even after we drafted him, is what a great compliment these two are. Now, I don't think anybody on planet Earth expected it to be this this good. But, I mean, it, it really is nice. I mean, especially, again, when I'm, I'm beating this to death, but when you're talking about that middle of the field, a lot of it is just, you know, quick step, quick break, and and come out of your break and get open. When you're talking mind meld with Rodgers and timing routes and all that stuff, um, especially with Christian making so much space, just clearing out a ton of, and, and everybody else is too with all the different routes they run. The whole point, though, is he can be the guy that you design those routes for where, you know, he he slips out around the corner and he hits that open zone, and you can, you can even time it up to where even if somebody sees you, it's too late because the ball's out. And if you can get the timing down with his crisp route running, his I mean, you saw the hands catches are looking real good. Um, I think you work on the timing and maybe work on the the shiftiness and elusiveness of, of Dobbs. He was kind of struggling with that. He was slipping all over the place. Um, there was the quick screen route where it looked like he just kind of stood there. <laughs> I swear, I was saying on the live stream, I swear it looked like Rodgers on the replay was just yelling, move. Like, just don't just stand there. Do something. Move. So, I mean, th- these are all things, and, and Christian needs to grow in certain areas, and, and Dobbs needs to grow, but I love where they're at already, but then you look at where they can go, especially Dobbs with just, again, the timing and everything else, and, and Watson can can improve the route running. I mean, they were kind of taking away the deep shots, but we still saw the quick timing comeback routes and all this stuff. I mean, that's that's the, those are the things he's not supposed to be able to do, right? He's just a straight-line speed guy. That's all he can do. He's DK Metcalf down the field, just launch it up to him. But even when they weren't letting him do that, they're finding ways to get him involved. But I, yeah, I, I love it, man. I really do. Good job of giving Romeo some routes where we needed his, uh, 
his crispness uh, on the routes and then, you know, giving Christian opportunities to use his speed, which we've basically been doing. You know, I thought Kabi had a few nice plays for us as well, and we got to keep finding ways to get Allen involved too. And, and that, that could be part of what we're talking about as well in terms of, you know, this is, again, it's scheme-based. It's not just talent-based. So a lot of it is maximizing their talents. How do we utilize that explosiveness of Christian Watson? How do we utilize the crispness? The problem is when you look at Lazard and you say, how do we best utilize him? Or, or even, even if we get away from that, here's what we need to do. Who would be best in that role? I just think personally, the struggle is finding that role that you say Lazard is your best option there, unless you're talking about blocking. What is that one play, that one situation? And I'm not saying there's nothing because he's big and he's physical. And if you're talking about tight windows, we've seen him do some awesome stuff. I don't mean for this to be an Alan Lazard bash session today. I'm, I'm just looking into the future and saying, I feel like if you talk about a situation and you talk about we need this and we need a guy that can do this in this situation, I just struggle to see too many times when you're going to say Lazard is the right guy for that. And, and everything you can think of, I'm, I'm looking at it going, I don't know if, if Randall wouldn't be better. Even if you're talking about trust and, and being on the same page, Randall is more of that. So he's more of the knowing exactly what to do, seasoned vet, mind meld with Rogers guy. Christian is the, the deep speed, you know, explosive around the corner, you know, jet sweep, all this stuff. He's that guy. And then anybody you need, the crisp route running, the, the, all of that, that's, that's Romeo. So maybe Lazard is like a good, with the exception of speed, he's a good combination, you know, with the, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it, it's, it's hard to not necessarily try to find a route designed for maximizing his talents. But what I'm saying is if you look at it from the other as- aspect, rather than how do we maximize this person's talents, but saying, here's what we need, who f- best fits that role. I struggle to find times when Lazard is, is probably the best option for that. I'm sure there's some, but again, the fact that he's struggling to be on the same page with Rogers and now he's, he's got, you know, drop issues. It's like, it's just, it's really bleeding that um, ability to say, yeah, but he's clutch here. This is where he's clutch. And again, I, I don't like, I like Lazard. I really do. I think he's a great dude. I think he's a great teammate. I like his physicality. I think he's a good fit in terms of his size and everything and what the Packers like to do in being physical. But I also don't like the fact that it feels like he's been reduced to being sort of a, a a wide wide receiver tight end, you know? I mean, he's he's just a tight end that was converted to wide receiver. Like he's just big and physical. There needs to be something more than that. And 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 there has been, right? I mean, you've seen some some great stuff from him, but it's nothing that can't possibly be done better by somebody else already on the team or couldn't easily be replaced by somebody else. And I guess the reason I'm hitting it is because it's just hitting me right now that that's the reality. And whenever something just hits me, you're going to hear about it the entire podcast. And it's going to sound like you're hating. It's like, no, I just can't stop talking about it because it's, it's new in my mind and it's blowing my mind. It's never that deep with me, man. People always think I have an agenda or something. It's like, no, I just sometimes I just can't shut up about stuff. Well, you're trying to say, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I promise I'm not. Anyways, the next thing, I didn't really understand the question, but I, I like Roger's answer to whatever the question was because it, it kind of gives a, uh, a peek into the Rams and also what we were up against. And it, it's, it's good and it's bad, but I'll let him. Combination of it. the run game control. Uh, they, they've, they've given up like the least amount of uh, explosive plays. They play too show, you know, they play super soft. You know, we're ahead by 12 points in the fourth quarter and they played a super soft cover too, you know, when we're running the ball uh, for first down. So listen, that's the MO of the defense. Uh, and so yeah so anyways he, he it is very interesting to hear that in the fourth quarter when the Packers are up by 12 and just trying to run out clock they're still playing soft two shell defense I mean you want to talk about frustrating I can't imagine being a Rams fan and saying you can't adjust now you can't make an adjustment at this point what in the world is wrong with you but again it goes back to those important points number one they they the way they play tells you it's not a Watson day, right? My concern was we were going to have to lean on that because they, they're so good at the run. That all kind of changed when Aaron Donald went out. And, and to be honest, that's probably the, the point with the Rams is they don't ever have to come out of that because their front is so good. So they just play soft on the back end all day and everything just kind of falls into place. 
But again, the, the important part is this is how this defense plays. This is what they're probably not going to be able to let you do. Can you do something else? And in this case, the answer was yes. So it explains, and I, wanna, I don't want to act like Watson had a terrible day, but it explains the, the lack of you know his big the touchdowns and all that. Well, it doesn't really explain it because, again, penalty and, and miscommunication more or less explain that. But why you didn't see the deep shot to Watson or whatever, because they were, they were taking that away. But again, the, the other most important part in my mind is it doesn't matter what defense we're going up against, we can handle it. Now, we, we still need to see that stout defensive front that's kind of intact. And I don't want to take away from the Rams and pretend like, well, they dropped to the 32nd best you know, run defense because Aaron Donald isn't there. No, there's still a stout run defense. I just don't know to what degree. And here's the thing. Miami, right now, uh, their defense ranks 16th in stopping the run. The Vikings rank 14th in stopping the run. And the Lions rank 26th in stopping the run. So we're probably not going to see anything much harder than what we saw in this game. If we assume that they drop from like the fourth best to the 16th best without Aaron Donald, which is maybe a fair assumption, that's about what we're going to see all year for the remainder of the year. And so I, I genuinely believe, and we got to see what the defenses can do, obviously. But I mean, we, we have some of the worst. I mean, the Vikings and the Lions are two of the worst defenses in football right now. Um, and even Miami, as much as they're getting a ton of praise and credit, they're 26th. So, I mean, every single one of these games, you can expect a, a, a 30-burger to go up and and say that that's somewhat fair, even despite the fact that teams aren't doing it. I think that is the expectation. And so really, it just comes down to, can the defense do enough to slow down these other teams? And, you know, obviously everyone's really scared of Miami, but Buffalo scored 29, or they scored 29 against Buffalo, 17 against the Chargers, 17 against the 49ers. Uh, the last time they had 30 after their bye. And honestly, I mean, Miami, again, lots of love for Miami. After their bye, they beat the Texans, and then they lost to the 49ers, Chargers, and Bills. Three losses in a row, scoring 17, 17, and 29. Minnesota, we've talked about, right? I mean, they're they're on a, a bit of a win streak. They've won four out of their last, uh, or three out of their last four. And uh, geez, I don't know, since, since week three, they've lost uh, only two. So one, two, three, whatever. Their, their record is very limited losses. But you got the annihilation, 40-3 to three against Dallas. Then they had a, a pretty impressive game against New England, aside from giving up 26. Then they beat the Jets, 27-22, which is fine. I mean, the Jets are not great anymore, but they, they found a way to beat them. Lost to the Lions, 34-23, to 23, and then nearly lost to the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they're, they're not at their best. And really, it's just coming down to... What is their offense going to do? If their offense puts up 30-some-odd, you know, I mean, they put up 34 against Arizona. Two weeks later, 33 against Buffalo. Two weeks later, 33 against New England. Uh, three weeks later, 39 against the Colts. I mean, if, if it's one of those things, yeah, they're pretty unstoppable. This is where, you know, Roger's talking about for the Packers, they can beat anyone, they can lose anyone. It's the same with the Vikings. And it largely just comes down to, are they going to put up 35 points or not? If, if so, then they probably win. If not, then I don't know. It depends how much the other team sucks. In Detroit, you know, they're they're certainly on a run and their defense is looking better recently, but I wouldn't say it's perfectly fixed. You know, they're they're still for the season ranked 31st in points and yards, but they're they're volatile like anybody else. You know, the offense looks real good. Well, in the last four games, 25-40-34-20. So mediocre, amazing, really good, not great. Defense over that four weeks, 28, that sucks. 14 is great, 23 is mediocre, 17 is great. So two good games, one bad game, and one mediocre game. Honestly, I'm, I'm maybe less scared of Miami than anybody else, and everyone else saying that's going to be our toughest game. They lost three in a row. I don't know. It's probably just because it's Tyreek, and I don't know. Who knows? And it's Florida. Everyone's terrified of Rodgers in Florida. Uh, Rodgers was asked about, you know, did anything kind of change your perspective on the team after today? I like how we came out in the second half. Uh, that first drive was really important. Seven minutes, touchdown, back up by two scores. That was winning football. We haven't really kind of done that uh, consistent enough throughout the season, and we got to stop uh, and then went back and scored again to go up 24-6. <clears throat> That's winning football, especially in the winter, especially at home, uh, when, when, you know, when it's cold and it's a little windy. I, w I want to highlight this point. I said in the locker room um, because it's pretty amazing uh, when we're talking about milestones and uh, – in, you know, Mason is 255th straight game, which is incredible. But in all my 18 years, I've never once until tonight seen an opposing team's kicker <laughs> kick away from one of our 
yeah. returners on purpose. That's fun. That's pretty incredible. So big kudos to Rich and his staff, and obviously Keyshawn. He's been, you know, he's been a big difference maker for us. Um, you hate to do the the what ifs and the look backs, but there's definitely some uh, the ways that certain players are playing for us that uh, you wonder how it would have been had things been a little different starting the season. Again, isn't that my exact point? Because he's not just talking about Keyshawn over Amari. Christian Watson also would make a big difference if he had been kind of a bigger part earlier on. If if Watson, and, and, and also, I mean, the injuries impact things. But just let's just play the what if. Let's remove injuries, not just from those guys, but from Rashawn. Healthy Rashawn, healthy Dobbs, healthy Watson, and we have Keyshawn Nixon, Watson, and Dobbs getting healthy roles from day one. I think we're competing for the NFC North right now. That's what I think, honestly. I'm not saying we, we would be number one, but I think we'd be in contention with the Minnesota Vikings for winning the North. That would be my assumption. And we would be pretty well locked into the playoffs at this point. I believe that. Because again, I, I, I genuinely think our offense is fine. It's not perfect. It's not great. But in, from a scoring perspective, we're, we're right in line with any other... Solid offense. I don't know where we rank today. We can look that up, but we're a top 10 offense. I think as of last week or whatever, we were we were sixth or, or two weeks ago after our last game. I think we ranked sixth on offense. Then you put Rashawn Gary back in. You give us a better special teams unit. I mean, we're, we're, we're very clearly going to win some of these games. We lost by five to the Giants, you know. I mean, the Jets game was a disaster, but only because we only scored 10. And the Jets, the Jets scored 27, but how much of that is because the offense keeps going three and out all the time? And we lost by two to the Commanders, 21-23. Buffalo, yeah, fine, we, we'll, we'll keep the L to Buffalo there. But nine points against Detroit, and then what happens? The next week against Dallas, we have the Christian Watson coming out party. We score 31 against Dallas. Then 17, that sucked, but then 33 against the Eagles. The Eagles! And then 28 against Chicago. And then we get 24 on this one, and again, and that was with a lot of mishaps. We had the Ramsey penalty, then we had a pick, then we had the miscommunication. There were three three opportunities that we kind of botched and shot ourselves in the foot and still managed 24. But either way, yeah, you, you can't help but not be excited about uh, Keyshawn Nixon. And to hear Rodgers say, in, in all my years, I've never seen that, is, is wild to me. You remember how good Randall Cobb was? As a, was he kick and punt? I think he was. You remember how good that guy was? He was electric. Rodgers is saying, I've never seen that before, kicking away from our guy. By the way, just how, do you see how frustrated that their kicker, I think Matt Gay is his name, he was getting into fights with us every single time he went out there. He missed the extra point, and he's out fighting with our guy. And then he, he kicks off, and I think he, he ended up having to make a tackle on Keyshawn the one time. He's on our sideline just jawing with our guys. He was furious in that game. I've never seen anyone get under a kicker's skin like that. Then they showed him over on the sideline. He's screaming and swearing and everything else. He was furious. I mean, again, it's weird because on one hand, you look at it and say, we're still lacking here, 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 here. But on the other hand, you look at it and it's like, this is such a good football team. I mean, in terms of being well-rounded, it's incredible. And I just wish we could be at a, a higher level of potential. You know, I wish Jair was playing better. I wish Kenny was playing better. I wish we saw more of what we saw last night from Amos. I mean, he's playing on fire. Why couldn't he be doing that all freaking year? You know, if we could have seen Quay do what he did all year, if, 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 you know, just all these little things, if, 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 because, you know, we, we can say, well, we were better this year that year. Yeah, but not really. Special teams was a disaster. And even 2019, the offense and defense wasn't that good. They, they had flashes here and there, but there was just no like solid footing. It was just, they found a way. They always just found a way to win. You know, Lazard would have his really big day or MVS would have a big day or Aaron Jones would have a big day or the defense would come through and the offense would collapse. And they would just, it's kind of like the Vikings. They would always find a way to do just enough to win in 2019. But that wasn't a good, well-rounded team. The defense struggled. The offense struggled. The special teams struggled. 2020 was an elite offense, number one offense in football, but it was primarily Rodgers and, and Devontae. You know, and Aaron Jones was solid, and that's a that's a and, and a good offensive line. But you didn't have the levels. the The run game wasn't as good. We didn't have a Christian Watson and a deep threat like him. We didn't have special teams like we have now. We had a, probably a better defense, but it just I just wish I just wish, man. 
And it's, it feels like it's been that way since 2019. There's always just something missing. Like everything's great except, man, I just wish we had this. And everything's great, but I just wish we had that or this or just that one stupid thing. Ugh. Anyways, I, I got to get, we got to get this posted. It's almost noon. Um, I'm going to leave it at this. I'm sure Rogers had a lot more interesting things to say, but I got to get this posted. Start working on tomorrow's episode. But uh, you guys have a great day. Uh, great win for the Packers. And I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.